it's been really important to me the whole way through to really follow my interest, you know, like so I think that's probably what's made a really big difference for me. It's having an area that I'm passionate and excited and interested in and you keep learning but also in practice. Yeah, so, I mean, there's our learning really, isn't it? It's do what you love, mm. pass off things you don't love if you can. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. And today I have got the amazing Dawn Witten from Gould's Natural Medicine in Tasmania, in Hobart. And she's been a practitioner for a number of years now. And I've asked Dawn on to tell us about her journey, how she got into naturopathy. And, you know, it's a struggle for all of us to stay in naturopathy when we have children and we have life changes. And she's currently going through another major life change with moving. And listening to people like Dawn is always, I'm sure you'll all agree with me, really inspiring because we want to see ourselves as natural medicine practitioners in years to come. And Dawn's been living the life, doing, working the work, and she's in this incredible natural medicine practice. If you haven't been to Goulds, if you happen to go to Tasmania, if you're not there, go into Goulds. It's really cool. And then Goulds itself has, you know, this 15 naturopaths there, but they also have another extension. They make herbs, they have a farm. There's all of these things attached to it. So thank you so much, Dawn, for coming and talking to us today. And please tell us about what it's like being in natural medicine in in the way that you are with everything that goes on down there at Gould's. Thanks so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. And yeah, it's lovely to just take stock and, and just have a moment to reflect and think about that. And I, I always find when I go away and I come back, I'm like, oh, there's so many things that I feel so grateful for, for how we're able to practice at Gould's. And I, I think there's, I guess, some words that come to mind, you know, one is connection, is just being able to keep that connection that we have with the plants. You know, there's so many ways that we can do that. If, if you don't have a farm, <laughs> you still have a connection with plants just by, you know, growing a couple of herbs, even if they're in plant, in pot plants. But, but you know, just to have that bit of control over the medicine that we're using yeah. and the chance to like interact with the plants. And I never met with Greg, so you kind of have a sense of his passion for producing quality. <laughs> Yeah, so material. Dawn's father, Greg, has a farm and then they make the herbal medicines for the apothecary. And so coming up, I haven't released them yet. They will be released mid-year. I took a number of videos on the farm. And so you're going to get to see, because I kill things, I touch. I'm not a natural person who grows things. I'm doing okay on my houseplants, actually, surprisingly, but that might just be a pandemic thing. Um, We'll see if they keep surviving. Yeah. But going around that farm was amazing. So you've got this farm to apothecary system going on and you've been there a long time I mean it, it's kind of in your blood isn't it with your dad having mm. created and grown and an amazing amazing system so tell us how did you you know you grew up in it but how did you decide yeah I am actually going to be a naturopath and I am going to go down this path and stay on this path and help these people and and how did you find your niche and what you wanted to do yeah, so I actually was a high school dropout. So I dropped out of high school and then I had a teen pregnancy. <laughs> so 
was an interesting, you know, journey. Yeah. Um, so I'd had all that childhood time connecting, you know, being around the plants, being interested in them, always asking my dad, you know, what does this do? What does that do? I was just fascinated that plants could do these things for us. But yeah, when I was pregnant, I had this job in a health food store uh-huh. and there I was with the other people working in the health food store and we were just giving out advice that we knew nothing about, <laughs> as you do in those settings. Yep. And I got interested. But I think the other kind of thing that sparked things was that I was pregnant, obviously. So there's this kind of, you know, suddenly you're like, oh, hang on, I don't want to just (laughs) waste my life. You know, you you suddenly kind of get a bit of a kick to kind of think about actually what do I want to do? But also you're making a lot of health choices, huh? Like you're thinking about health, you're thinking about your baby's health and your health and stuff. So those two things together, I think, reconnected me to the past, you know, having that connection with the, the plant my dad and the other thread is that my stepmother was a home birth midwife so as a child growing up I was always around these conversations about birth and babies and you know so that that was just around and my mother also like so stepmother and my biological mother they both had home births so I was kind of around this birthing environment that was just normal for me it was kind of rather than for many people I think maybe interested in a natural birth path, they're choosing it as something different to what they grew up in. For me, it was, yeah, the context Mm. that I'd come from. So, yeah, Yeah. those are the things that kind of drew me into going back to study and being like, okay, I want to be a naturopath. I want to go down that path. And so, yeah, went (laughs) with that. (laughs) So how long have you been a naturopath now? 19 years. I just, before our podcast, I was like, I don't count what that is. 19 years now. 19 years. Yeah. and. Yes, just in fourth year, I was pregnant again with my second baby. So I think that also just flicked my direction towards the mothering kind of, you know, baby area that I'm obviously passionate about. Yeah, yeah. So where did you train? Because you can't train in Tasmania to be a naturopath, can you? No, that's right. And actually, at the time, I was living in Western Australia. So I did a a little bit of training there and I just kind of whetted my appetite for really wanting Mm. to jump into a better quality option. So I ended up going to Southern Cross University in in Lismore. When Yeah, so I think its first year uh, was 1997 maybe and I was the 1998 cohort. So right. it was really, I felt like I kind of was very fortunate. I came in right. and they worked out some of the teething problems, but there was just a lot of enthusiasm and was a, a really amazing experience training there. There was a strong yeah. emphasis on critical thinking, which I've just yeah. found is such an asset in practice. And that's something yeah. I feel we really need more, like whatever we can do to kind of support that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Critical thinking, that analysis, that continuing education, the way we need continuing education to be not rent, I don't know, subpar. It's we need to be always improving and increasing, but at the same time, not just doing things for the sake of it, really focusing where we need to go and in the system we want to be in, in the niche that we want to be in, Mm. enhancing our skill base. So, I mean, I did pediatrics as a nurse, so it seemed normal to come out and do pediatrics but at the same time I really like looking after the mothers so mm. you know it is like that family focus like you've got that family focus that you end up having and now that I'm quite a little bit older I see a lot of men which is really weird oh, I've never thought I'd see men and yeah. I've got men coming to see me I'm like okay like you know they're actually much easier than women um, because <laughs> they don't have to think about the whole family they just think about themselves so, easier to keep uh, the yeah, appointment so to time much. isn't it oh yes they keep the appointments <laughs> to time they rock up they're like 
like, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, can you not eat that anymore? And they're like, I'll tell the wife. You're like, okay, all right then. So somebody else will do that for you, won't they? No. Lucky you. It is a very different experience. What are some of the things that you found? Because, I mean, you guys, you didn't have Goulds to start with. Mm. How did that all come about that you ended up in Goulds itself, With ended up in Tasmania with Goulds? How did that sort of, yeah. I don't need the financial <laughs> accounting and legal details. I just wonder what was the flow that you yeah, ended sure. up there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the northern rivers area, there's lots of apothecaries. I don't know if you've mm. kind of explored up here. And so when I was, you know, doing fourth year, I, I did, you know, volunteer work in that space. And I found, I just found it really enjoyable and invigorating. And, you know, you learn a lot. And there's yeah, that model I found quite exciting because mm. of the, you know, just that capacity to reach a different yeah. demographic and, you know, you're doing acute prescribing. And so we kind of got excited by that model, both myself yeah. and, and Jason. And the other link to that was, you know, that passionate feeling we had about wanting to be in control of our medicines and wanting to yeah. have that connection. So yeah. we've been kind of having chats to Greg about that. And, and just to kind of take a step back around that, when I was in fourth year, a lot happened in fourth year. <laughs> Lots of things happened in fourth year by the sound of it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I remember being in the student clinic and opening up the dried herb bag when an order came in and just being like, oh my goodness, these look like they've been scraped off a barn floor, you know, because I've been around herbs that my father grew. And so it just, I was just like, that, yeah. that's not chamomile, you know, how can we expect those herbs to work? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess that was the other bit. It was like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to make our own medicines and, and have, mm. uh, you know, an apothecary set up. So we connected with Belinda and Daniel Robson, who also we're excited about this idea. So the five of us went ah. in together to create, yeah, to, well, Goulds is already there. So yeah. it's been there since 1881 and an yeah. old pharmacy that always had this natural medicine element. So we kind of jumped into that because an opportunity came up to be there. And Perfect. yeah, when you look, it's kind of interesting you go back to the history of Goulds, it kind of had that same ethos of being a resource for the community and mm. you know, offering, you know, opportunity for people to just come and get healthcare with not necessarily that same yeah. sort of consultation model. Yeah. So that's kind of how it happened. It, and it did, you know, it, you know, even though there's been times where, you know, it's sort of like going into a marriage, you know, going into business yes. with other people. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, you know, we've been doing it for 16 years together, which is yeah. incredible. You know, a lot of marriages don't last that long. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's a big project. So it's been, you know, really great that there was a few of us to hold different parts. And, and I think that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges for us has been managing growth because yeah. it just grew, you know, it started from being just two of us on the apothecary floor to suddenly you needed four during the yeah. lunch period. And you're like, oh, my goodness, you, turn, you go from being a naturopath to, you know, an employer and all those other layers that you hadn't yeah. necessarily in, intended. You didn't go, this is where I want to be. <laughs> you just sort of find yourself there. <laughs> yeah, it is. The, and I've been to Tasmania twice now, so once to a conference there. And then I was there recently on holiday when we managed to catch up again. And I literally had one minute to speak to you on the floor because there was a massive queue of people yeah. waiting to be seen by you guys. And, of course, there were your clients coming out from consult as well. So it was really busy, really happening, and there's a lot of stuff in the shop. Mm. You know, and as you were saying about the herbs you had from the farm, you know, you have the jars of them. And when I saw the raw product when I was at the farm, I can totally see why you guys are saying things like, oh, motherwort's amazing. Whereas I'm like, 
yeah, motherwort's a bit average. I don't know what you're all on about. And then I saw your motherwort and then I see the motherwort that I've brought in to make my own and it's all stalk. Mm, yeah. You know, and so the difference and the quality. So when I looked around and looked at all of the products that you guys are making, I was like, no wonder you guys are on about motherwort like it's sliced bread because I'm not getting that same result. No, going, yeah. yeah, it's all right. Yeah. And okay, so you really, I mean, you really do have to choose which company you buy your product from, obviously. Mm, mm. You guys make yours. So if you can make your own product even better, I've made mine occasionally over the years. I mean, there's a time and mm. factor and everything else. So with that, but with the herbs, seeing your herbs and having that own farm to, to giving to the client. And the other one that you use that I'd never heard about, rose tincture. You have mm. to tell me about rose tincture. Mm. Never heard about rose tincture. And then everyone's like, you don't use rose? <laughs> no. Where does one get rose tincture? I can make it. I actually yeah. do grow roses because they grow themselves. You don't have to do much to grow roses. But tell me what this rose thing. I'm like going rose. Tell me, what is the rose? Yeah. I mean, mostly it's just beautiful, really. I mean, I think you'd sort of see it as kind of like rescue remedy, really, how you ah. think about it, you know, like just, ah. yeah. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I think that the taste, we have little bottles that people can have and just, you know, that taste people mm. kind of recognise and you know, even that in itself I think is a really comforting thing. But, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a tradition of it being kind of a heart Heart remedy, I guess. Yeah. 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 But, ah, very cool. Yeah. I was just like, rose, rose, <laughs> rose. And I, I did try it. It was, I got, did get to try it while I was there and it was absolutely delicious. Mm. And, um, but, you know, it's that difference, isn't it, between getting that amazing quality product. And I went to visit the herbal extract company and they had a pile of stuff there they were sending back. Oh, good on them. That wasn't yeah. the quality that they wanted. Yeah. And I have noticed there's cinnamon that, I talk. I only buy now the herbal extract, and you know everyone else. Tell me if I'm wrong, um, because it's been a long time. But I got cinnamon from another company, and I literally had an inch of cinnamon at the bottom of the bottle, and it was a horrible color. It didn't taste very nice. That was the correct cinnamon, but it was mm. the way it was processed. And then yeah. I got the herbal extract cinnamon, and the color, the joy coming off it. You could, you know, it was just like, wow, this is a totally different product. So I mean, I do. I have all of the companies. So mm. that, sorry. I, no, no brand what loyalty here. Yeah, no <laughs> brand loyalty here. I've got PPC over there. I've got MediHerb over there. I've got Optimal over there and I've got Herbal Extract over there. And we're going to put all of them out there for everyone. There is no, I pick some things you have to have from some companies because mm. it's, they're the only company that sell it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you've got yeah, no choice. Absolutely. But, yeah. you know, and you, but you wouldn't use it if you didn't like it. Yeah. So, you know, it's amazing having that farm to table, um, farm to bottle in mm. your case, whether across the board. But now when I, we were chatting just before, you've gone into another phase. You've moved. <laughs> Tell us all you've moved. It's reluctant, <laughs> reluctantly moved. <laughs> it's my partner Jason's turn to be in the Northern Rivers area because he's waited six years more than our agreement. So yeah. now I'm going to be a fly-in, fly-out worker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And be still, I actually am still considering Tassie my home address. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
can't get away from town. I mean, it's the, the yeah. hiking there. It's just so beautiful. People, if you've not been to Tasmania, you have to go to Tasmania. I spent mm. a month there, November, December, and it rained quite a lot, I've got to say. Um, but I was okay because yeah. I had prepared for rain. I took yeah. rain, I took several raincoats. I took warm clothes. But where I hadn't prepared for mm. because hiking in South Australia where it's really dry, I tend to use trail runners. Um, oh, no, yeah. no, it's full-on boots. <laughs> Yeah, it's much it's, more pleasant that way. <laughs> yeah, much more pleasant. Our first walk was not fair. We went straight to our hiking shop, um, of which there are many in Hobart. There are. <laughs> many in Hobart. Um, and I managed to try on shoes in five different shops and then chose actually what I think are quite possibly the ugliest shoes I've ever bought. <laughs> But extremely comfortable, comfortable. definitely. (laughs) And I stayed dry. Yeah, huge. But I mean, it's just this, you've stayed in it. Have there been times when you've thought to yourself, I'd rather not be a naturopath, I'd rather be doing something else? Or have you managed to always say, okay, this is something that I'm going to care. I, I love this and there isn't another thing for me. Yeah, I always feel like I love naturopathy. Some of the jobs that end up on my plate I don't always like. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I was alluding to before of like, oh, you find yourself here. And I think there's that, you know, that thing where as you, you know, not that we have ladder at ghouls, but uh, you know, in many jobs, as you go up, yeah. you might do less of what you love. And and what I really love is being on the floor, you know, yeah. and that experience, yeah. you know, spontaneity of actually being in that environment or being in, in clinical yeah. practice. Um, those are the bits that I love. Um, some of the more like, you know, I don't mind it, but sometimes I'm like, oh, that balance is too much if I'm in a HR role. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's been really important to me the whole way through to really follow my interest, you know, like, so I think that's probably what's made a really big difference for me. It's having an area that I'm passionate and excited and interested in and you keep learning, but also in practice, it does probably bring your workload down a bit because you know that area inside and out. And so, you know, like I'll still have um, people that come to me are like, oh, I've got to, I've got to go to the books here and this is you know, mm-hmm. going to take me quite a bit of time to get my head around what we do in this situation. But yep. when you're kind of in a particular niche, you, I think it does it bring is. work down. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's our learning really, isn't it? It's do what you love, mm-hmm. pass off things you don't love if you can. Yes. And, I mean, we can't always, but, uh, mm. you know, as soon as I took on a bookkeeper, my life became just a yeah. brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. It was trauma. It was mm. literally trauma, me trying to do the books. So passing off that job meant that I had more time in doing the thing that I love, which is, again, mm. seeing people, helping people, working with people. And now it's mentoring as well as seeing, mm. you know, my clients. So, yeah, I think that you're learning as well, everybody who's listening, is really think about what you love and make sure you're putting your time into what you love so that when you have to do those other jobs you just power through them yeah <laughs> get rid of them get them done and get them out power through them get rid of them so um but thank you so much for coming and talking to us Dawn. Oh, it's, it's been, been delightful thank you it's been absolutely brilliant hearing about Goulds and um, and it was amazing when I went to the farm and to meet Greg and that stuff will be coming out everybody it'll be out on YouTube and it'll be, it'll out, be out in the Facebook groups as well so keep an eye out for that but Dawn thank you so much and good luck in the Northern Rivers thank you thanks I'll be in Tassie soon <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dawn. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to us today. I can speak. Thank you so much for coming along. And you know the deal, everyone. If you really enjoyed today, please give me five stars and a lovely little review. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Dawn. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning, and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.